If you're a business owner, you don't need us to tell you running a business is tough. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Join the over 21,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash c-suite netsuite.com slash c-suite so before we get started tonight Mm. i wanted to make another unfortunate announcement similar to i guess what we did just last week with Denny O'Neill, there was another passing just today, and that passing was of Joel Schumacher, uh, the same Joel Schumacher who made uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, uh, passed away at 80 years old. Uh, and that is... Really? Yeah. Wow, I did not even hear about that today, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was just today. And uh, so that is that is quite quite unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I, I contemplated making a post on it, but, I, I you know, there's things like that is... You know, you don't want to come off the wrong way. And so it's just one of those things I thought would be better it's put verbally. Uh, so, you know, with, with Joe Schumacher, you know, I, I mean, the man has actually made uh, a lot of really, really good movies. And, you know, I've, I've often said that Batman and Robin and, you know, Batman Forever, they're, they're not my favorite superhero <laughs> flicks. Right, right. You know, and you can you can kind of see how doing something like that in a post would come off as tone deaf. Uh, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything like that there. Uh, but what I wanted to do though, was just say that I can see that. Yeah. You know, cause it's hard to read text and properly know what they're saying. Right. It's one of the most piss poor versions of communication. In fact, it's hardly communication. Yeah, it so really appropriate. Is. appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to say that uh, even though those two uh, Batman films weren't quite my favorites, you know, by any stretch, uh, they still provided me as a child with a sense of escapism into the world of, of comic books and superheroes when I really needed it. And it, it helped formulate, you know, my, my thoughts and my opinions on superheroes at a very young age also when I needed it. And, you know, for that, I do have to thank Joel for doing, you know, mm-hmm. for giving me more Batman, uh, for introducing me to characters who I would later come to understand and learn more about. And, you know, you know for... for Building this, uh, this, this beautifully neon lit Gotham City with just a, a zany cast of characters. <laughs> uh, right. It, it is unfortunate to hear of his passing. Uh, Kevin, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here really quick. Did, sure. Um, so, like, I, I, I know that your, your thoughts on uh, his two Batman flicks are probably similar to mine in some regards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there are certain things on those movies I do look fondly on. Mm-hmm. Like, I will always applaud the idea of Jim Carrey being the Riddler. And that was one of the things I think was the best about, you know, both of his movies, really, mm-hmm. you know, um, because that's, that's a canonization he made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you can make your jokes about he and Tommy Lee Jones working together because we all have and, and we probably will again. But um, either way, like that's that's one awesome thing. And Poison Ivy was like, you know, one of my childhood's crushes yes. watching that movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, glad you yeah. mentioned those two things because, yeah, you're right. I think that those were 
actually, you know, high points of the movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, but I also wanted to mention before we move on from from Joel that, mm. you know, he he clearly did more than just make you know those those two Batman flicks. Those are two, you know, two of his more well known movies for sure. But he also did two movies that I'm actually quite fond of. Uh, one is called uh, Falling Down. I think it came out in the early '90s with uh, starring uh, Michael Douglas. Okay, it's a really good movie. And uh, you know, after last year, after Joker came out, there were some people making jokes about how you know. Back in the '90s, this was our Joker, and it, it posted, uh, you know, a picture of Michael Douglas from uh, falling down. But essentially, it's it's about a man who's just at the end of his fucking rope. Like he's he's working this job that's soul crushing. He's getting a divorce, and he's trying to make his way to his daughter's birthday party. But his car breaks down, and he just goes through like shit after shit after shit. He goes through shit in line at like a uh, at a fast food restaurant. Goes through shit with like this gang, with this police officer. I mean, it's just this man who has finally reached, just like the the tipping point, of of dealing with a lot of the monotonous shit or or a lot of the, uh, a lot of the real shit that people have to deal with on a daily basis. Right. I mean, yeah. life gets like that. I mean, that's. I know that's not tonight's subject at right, all. So right. let's not go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. But still, glancing at it, you know. That's understandable as hell, dude. Yeah. That's the saddest thing. Because, I mean, every one of us out there, and yes, I'm so bold to say so, so totarian as mm-hmm. that. Every one of us has felt that way where it's like, man, I don't have any more rope left. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> That's I, it. I, I got to fight something, run away, cry about something, whatever. I got to break down, get rid of this thing. You know, you, you got to fight club it, whatever you call it. Right. But, yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, the, the other movie he made that I, I really also want to give him a shout out for is uh, is a movie that me and my mother really bonded over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't get to hear about that. What's up? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, one of and arguably it's potentially my favorite vampire flick of all time, uh, The Lost Boys. Uh, that was also a, that, a Joe Schumacher movie. Stephen King movie, The Lost Boys. I, I, that um, sounds like something I, no, he would have done. I don't think that was based off of one of his books, but you're right. It does sound like a Stephen King it novel. It does. 1987 film? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I've seen this. Yeah, starring uh, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman, the two famous kid Corys back in the day. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland was in it as the uh, as the one of the bad guys, one of the bad vampires. Hmm. Uh, but no, this uh, I thought was just such a fun fucking movie. Like I really had a great time with this and. It was actually this movie and uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That was the other movie that me and my mother bonded over as a kid. Uh, Another great flick. But no, uh, I just wanted to say that and, you know, just say that it's it's unfortunate that, you know, we lost another artistic person who helped develop the realm of superheroes and comic books and, and amongst other movies as well. Yeah, we got to start focusing on some good things for 2020, guys. Otherwise, like, the history books are, are going to go 2018, 2019, 2021, 2022. Right. <laughs> Wait, Mom, where's 2020 at? That's that's a number. We don't talk right. about it. 2020 is going to be like how a lot of buildings do with the 13th floor and just try to skip it. Yep, yep. Elevator <laughs> goes from 12 to 14. Right. Yep. Have you ever been in a building that actually did that? Not that I'm aware of. Right? Yeah, yeah. me neither. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was one in Atlanta, Georgia that I went to, and they still had the 13th floor. Huh. I was like, oh, what is this? What All happened right. to tradition? The spook <laughs> fest it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, Even though mathematically yeah. speaking, you can never physically possibly do that. 
No, I mean, math, math, <laughs> mathematically speaking, you're just relabeling 13 yeah. as, quote, 14. Right. You know. Oh, how many floors are in this building? 20? No, there's really 19. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. So. Uh, so rest in peace to Joe Schumacher and, mm-hmm. and his family. Oh, not, not his family, but condolences to his family. Yes. To his fans. Uh, but with that, guys, welcome back to the Superhero Homies Podcast. My name is Quentin, and as always, I am here with the homie Kevin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was a long intro. <laughs> How you guys all doing out there? Um, welcome back. We're recording another Monday night. So to all you Hot Streak fans, congrats for listening to this on a Tuesday. For the rest of you fans, congrats for listening. We love everyone. How you doing, my man? Man, I am, I am here, my friend. Yeah. I am well. You and me both. Hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah guys. What are uh, you drinking tonight? What is that? Oh yeah, this is uh, it's just an, another. Uh, this uh, is not a sponsorship. Probiotic. I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheers to probiotics. You know me drinking yeah. my, um, my stuff over here, my kombucha. But yeah, man. Uh, but yes, so today, guys, we do have a really fun episode lined up. I know I said it every week. That's because I mean it every goddamn week. I, I'll let y'all know when I don't mean it. All right, guys. So this week, we're going to have a really lame episode loaded up. No one wants to hear that. All right. Everyone is going to be like, aw. Or there would be that one defiant homie. It would be like reverse psychology on them. And they'll just be like, I bet you it's not lame. Yeah, I bet you it's not lame. But I bet you it's really good. Uh, yep. <laughs> But no, guys, uh, so today we, we are talking about uh, some of our favorite other comics. And by other, yep. we mean minus the big two. Yeah. Uh, so totally some fair. of our favorite non-Marvel and non-DC comics. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about this, and especially depending on how this one goes, I can definitely see us sometime down the line doing a part two just because there's so much. There really is, you know, um, and there's a lot of room to speak here, and uh, this is actually going to be a very rare and special breed of episode because we'll actually be able to give um, some breath of life to a whole genre of comics that we have accidentally foregone up to this point, you know, and I'm, I'm ready to talk about some of that too, which oh, is going to yeah. be kind of fun. But yeah, brother, this is kind of neat because most of the time regarding comic books, you ask someone, are they a comic fan? The first thing that's going to come to their mind mentally Without them knowing, and even shit, on their subconscious level, they're probably going to think about Marvel or DC. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not really a diehard fan, um, th- they're going to start thinking about, like, you know, their most recent conglomerate movie they've seen regarding the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, oh, Endgame, or oh, Justice League. You know, right. so- something popular, something known. But tonight's not about the big boys. We're not talking about the titans in the room. We're going to be talking about... The other unsung heroes that are not sung enough, even though they deserve it. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, you want to go ahead and kick us off with one of yours? Sure. So my list primarily, we're going to have varying lists, you and I. Both. Oh, yes. I know we'll have one, oh, yeah. uh, one brother in common here, and that's going to be Dark Horse, because that's another brand mm-hmm. I've come to love a lot. Um, just because they give me a little bit grittier and very different storytelling than my, my two conglomerates normally mm-hmm. do. But one in particular I'm going to dig into first here is actually a rare genre of comic that uh, I've been kind of digging. Uh, I didn't know exactly how much I enjoyed it until I looked back and asked myself today, all right, and how long I've been reading this one? Oh, 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 wow, that's a while. How about this one? Oh, that's also a while. I've been reading these for how many years? Damn. So I'm talking about webtoons, guys. Mm. Um, to the, the number of fans out there, you're probably scratching your head. What are you talking about, Kevin? A lot of you also out there are probably scratching your head going, oh, that's cool. Which ones do you read? Because this is actually kind of a popular thing. 
it's the concept of comics being uploaded onto some commercialized website and or on their own privatized website that they self-manage where the comic is not ran by like a company that has a separate artist and a separate story writer. Normally these comics are written and drawn by the same individual. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, some small name that's trying to make it big or some yeah. small name that said, man, fuck the nine to five. I want to do something that's not soul crushing, right. something that's <laughs> not the end of that rope. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of nice. It's fun to glorify that. And the one thing that I'm going to bring up about these guys is that a lot of the times you're going to find some pretty awesome stuff, stuff that's well-written above par, stuff that's actually really magnetizing. And you're just like, oh, I'm glad I found this unsung talent here because this is genuinely dope and I'm genuinely wanting to read this. But there's pros and cons to web comics, guys. Mm. This is also a genre of comic that, yes, it's self-made by some individual artist who's exceptional at that and who's also hopefully exceptional at story writing, but they're released once a week. Mm. So you get, like, one page per week. Oh, I see. I indeed, see. Indeed. Gotcha. And that's frustrating as yeah. shit when you're impatient and you're waiting to read about <laughs> your stories and yep. you ain't get your damn stories. So that, that almost reminds me of, like, uh, I guess, like a modern-day... Like a, an updated, more modern version of like the funnies in the papers. Essentially, yeah. In yeah. fact, some of them, uh, depending on which site you use or which app you use, uh, it's going to be exactly like that. Because oh. you'll see like one string of panels, right? Like literally, like a five, uh, five square, four square panel right. collection, one bar of comics, one strip, huh. and that's it. And it's like, oh, well, this is great. Guess I'll wait another week for the rest of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think, not, not to cut you off, I do think sure, that, that's a really great avenue for those uh, uh, artists, writers, you know, uh, those who, like you said, draw in and write their own, their yeah. own material. Uh, I mean, for one thing, it's so grassroots that, you know, they can just kind of tell the stories or the kind of shit that they want to talk about. Exactly. Uh, and no, that, and that's no one a lot of what head, it is. You know? No one's telling them what they have to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a... That's just a really great avenue, especially for, you know, people who are starting off and trying to get their names out there, trying to get noticed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's great because, like, there's so much work out there for them now. And also, I just wanted to say really quick that with, with this reminding me of, like, you know, the, the typical uh, or like like the, the funnies from yeah, back in the, the day. newspaper comics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like even those guys had to, you know, answer to, like, the, the New York Times or, mm-hmm. you know, the, whoever they were publishing for. Yeah, you know they they still had like a an, an overlord of such, you know, kind of lording over them. But yeah. I, I feel like with this, it probably isn't as much. Uh, no. What's the name of the website again? There's a couple of them. Okay, so gotcha. I, I was going to talk about a couple because some of these guys run their own website and some of them uh, kind of do, you know, a little bit like what we do. We upload content mm-hmm. and we have a website that helps us do so. And then basically we attempt to continue to make a living off of this because this is what we like doing. We don't right. like going to you know, daggum retail, customer service, blah, 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 whatever jobs. Mm-hmm. It's fill in the blank, guys. But um, in this case, there's a couple here that I'm familiar with. There's a lot more services out there, like Toon Mix or Toon Mix or whatever. There's there's a lot of others. Um, I typically like Webtoons itself and another one called Comic Chameleon. Neither mm-hmm. of these are sponsorships, by the way, guys. But if you're <laughs> curious, go check them out. The overall generic uh, breakdown is this. These are free services. They're free stories. You can choose to opt into uh, donating like a, a Patreon, like little 
price here or there or something. And normally, depending on the service you use, I know Webtoons has like a, oh, you donate to this artist and you can get like little coins, hmm. right? Tokens. And you can spend these tokens to like buy early access to the next trips. Because oh, the website will have like four uploaded, but only one of them comes freely. Mm-hmm. So you can like skip ahead the rest of the normal free fans and say, oh, right. I want to read this, you know? Yeah. And, you know, if, if you choose to support the artist, that's awesome. That's great. Um, yeah, so there's those options. But um, I know on Webtoons, I'll, I'll just talk about these sparingly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them I've been following, the first one I'll mention because it is right up our lane, but in a very creative sense that none of our comics have touched, as far as I know, Unordinary. Mm. The name of the story is called Unordinary, and it's a really creative, really awesome story about the superhero world. But it's a whole new take on it. Kind of, uh, it's kind of close to the My Hero Academia, for those of you out there who also have a toe dipped into the anime fandom, um, where it's the idea, the concept that every, like most people in this, you know, in this universe actually are born with some type of superpower. However, in this world, it's very politicized. There's a lot of political ruling, and there's almost a, a formatted rule set on the power set so that people can have and ranking them. Now, whenever you're ranked, that instantly also deciphers where you're going to belong in society. Hmm. Now, that last bit, where you fall in society according to this story, isn't so, like, it's not written down on a list of commandments or it's not made into an official law, but it's like the, it's like the culture of it, you know? Oh, you're rank 2.8 on a power scale, then you're probably not going to be that high. You know, you're probably right. going to be a pretty typical citizen. But if you're ranked like an 8 point something or a 9 point something, bitch, you a king. In Shit. fact, literally, the story focuses in on a high school where we kind of follow the lives of some of these high school students, as, as most of these stories do, especially this webcomic type thing. Uh, a lot of these things you could actually just call manga, and uh, you're not wrong, <laughs> you know. Uh, in this particular case, it, it has those influences, definitely. It, it right. has that tone. But uh, you're reading the story about these characters, and I won't give too much away, but the, the universe breaks down as this, this school really adheres to the political ranking system. Mm-hmm. If you come in with a power of five or something, you're going to have a pretty decent student life. You know, you're not going to get picked on too hard, but you best bow and get out the way when someone of a much higher rank comes through the hallway. You know, you, you got to respect that power because they mm-hmm. got a better rank than you. And it's an officialized rank. Like they have like an actual stat board and everything of speed, strength, uh, power, healing, defense, all kinds of cool shit, right? Yeah. Um, very well thought out. The artist was super creative in this. I do not remember her name, otherwise I would give her a total shout out. Look it up, guys. I promise you, it's good. Webtoons. It's called Unordinary. But um, the main story is following this one gentleman who is um, he doesn't have a power. Hmm. Again, it okay. sings My Hero Academia, doesn't it? So yeah, I remember yeah. from the first episode of My Hero. Exactly. Yeah, but in this particular case, this is not the anime. In, in his case, it's more unfortunate because he is picked on and beat up daily. Because he's the lowest of the low. He's right. a zero. So it's like, well, fuck your system, man. The pawns can beat your ass. You know, Damn. the yeah. one point nothings can beat your ass because they typically have a higher rank than you. Mm-hmm. And kings, they don't even bother spitting on you because you're you're not worth their spit. <laughs> you know, so the political system's so jacked up. But there's a lot of surprises in the story, and that story is told very well. There's a lot of actual Breaking Bad elements to that story that I 
really dig. Like, you come to love that main character, you come to hate that main character many a times, mm. and the characters around him also really help uphold the story, so it's not just on his shoulders, you know. But uh, super great story, great read, a huge, unique uh, taste on the uh, superhero genre. But yeah, I like reading that one. Again, it comes out once a fucking week, though. So my dumb ass is just like, <laughs> what day is it? Oh, good, I get to read on Ordinary. Yeah. You know, so. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's one of them. That's really cool, man. And like how, so I'm trying to once again picture the format of it. And so it's like maybe, it's like a, a nine block panel, or is it like how much material do you usually get in a single? Sure. So Webtoons is actually really cool about it. I, li- I like their service a lot because each of their artists actually uploads like um. An entire chapter of mm, material okay. where you're scrolling down, looking gotcha. at a lot of panels, luckily. So you're getting like a whole... Like pages. Exactly. Exactly. That's well put. Because you're looking at everything like, oh man, this was actually well worth the wait. And it's, and if you're lucky, you're finding one that's a really great storyteller and artist. And you're just yeah. getting a huge, awesome, you know, imagination boost through it all. Right. But, again, there's a lot of content on there. So it's inevitable that you're going to find a webtoon artist or uh, a storyteller who's not that great. Mm. But it still can be entertaining. Yeah. You know? So there's, there's pros and cons to the service. But that's one that's, like, always top-tier ranked. It is always, like, top five on the charts of, like, oh, most enjoyed by this age group, uh, best genre, best oh. That one's always up there. Yep. It's really fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, one on my list. I guess before I I go too much further, uh, you already gave a, a soft disclaimer. I'll go ahead and give another one. Uh, slight spoiler alert. Uh, I won't be spoiling uh, a lot for the books that I'm talking about, but there would be fair. some some soft spoilers. No, that's fair. Yeah. Like a uh, you know uh, a loose synopsis. Yeah, a loose yeah. synopsis. Yeah. Maybe a little bit about some of the characters, but perfect. Yes, uh, and also one more disclaimer, and that is for my first entry, there is an actual uh, asterisk next to this. Okay, uh, that draw that yourself us to be. Yeah. <laughs> Someone draws that on their car window. Here we go. <laughs> uh, and, and the reason there's an asterisk next to my first pick is because this is a comic that was uh, created and published by Wildstorm Comics. Now, hmm. uh, Wildstorm Comics, uh, I believe, it came out in the. In the it was originally called, I think, Aegis Comics, and uh, it was a uh, part of Jim Lee's uh, purchase, actually, uh, of something that Jim Lee started. Um, and it was also kind of a artist-created material. Uh, but Wildstorm was bought out by DC in '99. Mm. Uh, that's a sad story. Well, I mean, not necessarily, but it is like uh, that's that's you know corporatism. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it's the big fish uh, swung the, the little one, you know. But that, that, that kind particular of big fish ate a lot of other fishes already. Oh, yes, like, it did. Come on, man. Yes. Come on, <laughs> Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so the reason why I'm, I'm including this uh, and, and not not Vertigo, so I, I won't be including any Vertigo on my list because Vertigo was a line created by DC, whereas Wildstorm and some others were created by others, and then bought out by DC. Okay. So I find that it'd be kind of a, a vast difference in my mindset. I mean, technically tonight's subject is other comics, and, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's fair to not disdain the official title of tonight's episode. Yes. With other comics, which happen to be DC comics. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vertigo is just kind of like where DC shuffled off all their, oh, this is too dark for our, our you mm-hmm. know, our mainstream. So we'll create this new line for our darker shit. Okay. You know, so we'll put Hellblazer and Swamp Thing and Sandman and, and Preacher and all that over here in Vertigo land. And, uh, and then, yeah, we'll do our main thing. But anyways, uh, the first comic on my list, uh, once again, this is made by or published by Wildstorm Comics and it is Planetary. Oh, yeah. yeah yes, yeah. yes, yes. You've yes. been enjoying that lately, man. I have been, yeah. yes. Uh, Planetary. Yeah. That cool looking omnibus. Uh, I gotta say, I like the jacket on it, dude. Yeah, yeah the, both the jacket and the actual uh, cover are, are gorgeous. Yeah, the, the cover has like that classy, like magical textbook. Like it, I yes. imagine opening it. It looks like a spell you, book. You smell something. Narnia. Right. Opening it, you know? <laughs> and then the lion comes at you, Liam Neeson style. Come. We have places to explore, planets to take note of. Can Welcome I? to Planetary. Can I cite the old magic to you? <laughs> or, How or dare you cite the old magic to me? I was there when it was written. <laughs> That's the only thing about Narnia I know. Yeah, that that one meme. It's yeah. like, yeah. It's a great quote, though. It is a great quote. Uh, How dare you cite the old relics to me? <laughs> the old magics. Uh, so, Planetary uh, was written by Warren Ellis and drawn by uh, John Cassidy. Okay. And uh, the reason I point that out is because, uh, first of all, John Cassidy, he's a fantastic artist. Uh, he did a lot of art for uh, X-Men. Uh, for me, notably, he did work for the Astonishing X-Men, the run that was written by Joss Whedon. Uh, but uh, Warren Ellis, his work is uh, also incredible. The bulk of Warren's work, um, the bulk of it doesn't really come from Marvel or DC. Okay. Uh, he, he's done things like a transmetropolitan. Uh, he's also done, uh, uh, like the, uh, the authority. He did that entire run as well. Uh, both of those are his, but by all accounts, by people who are really big fan of his, his best work is planetary. Okay. Um, you're talking about, uh, that name again was Warren Ellis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but as far as those of you who are, you know, big Marvel and DC fans, uh, one of his biggest works for Marvel, at least in my opinion, is he wrote Extremis. He's the man who created the Extremis book. Okay. Yes. And uh, and I absolutely adore Extremis. Uh, that's a fantastic Iron Man story. One of my favorite Iron Man stories. Uh, so if, if your only exposure to Extremis is Iron Man 3, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> throw throw your Iron Man three Blu-ray or DVD out the window and 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 go buy the Extremist book. But Planetary once again is uh it was originally published under Wildstorm until it was bought out by DC. Then it was finished uh, under the publication of DC, but it was still under the Wildstorm logo. Okay. So Planetary, the best way to describe it is it being about a group of superhuman archaeologist. I mean, really, that's the best way to describe it. Uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible story, and it focuses a lot on... It isn't so much of your your, your boom-bam-pows, you know, mm-hmm. find the bad guy, beat him up, but it's more about the secrets of the universe, and it's more about figuring out who are behind some of the bigger conspiracy theories. It's about figuring out... It's a lot of mystery in the book and a lot of intrigue behind it. And we follow three main characters. There's there's a lot of really cool and interesting side characters who make a lot of other appearances. But okay. our three main side or three main characters are uh, the man on the cover is Elijah Snow. Uh, yeah, of yes. course, his last name is Snow. Yeah, <laughs> he wears uh, all white. 
Oh yeah, yeah. well, it's all, it also has to do with his power a little bit as well. Mm. Uh, his power being that um, he can he can control essentially he can control the temperature, and uh, Warren Ellis finds a lot of really creative ways to utilize that. Mm. Uh, for example, there's one point where they come across uh, a field of, of nerve gas, of really dangerous nerve gas. He lowers the temperature and nullifies and kills the nerve gas. Uh, that's mm. one way that he utilizes it. I mean, but he can also go to the uh, to the extreme. He can lower the temperature uh, in your brain and freeze the fluid inside your brain. Uh, that's another. See, that's thing. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he he has uh, extreme control over his power. But he's the aimed thermometer. Essentially, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's cool. That's clever. Yeah, you know, like I said earlier, there is a lot of mystery in this. Like one mystery is this man's been alive since 1900. Like, how is he still alive? Like, what the hell's going on here? Like, do cryotherapy. Have- <laughs> he's a walking cryotherapy uh, bin. So literally, he's just like, okay, cool down the aging process. Literally, we're good. Wrinkles? What are those? Yeah. Uh, th- that is not it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I'm not going to guess that right first try. <laughs> Especially while I'm on my BS. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the other, uh, one of the other main characters is uh, Jaquita w- uh, Wagner. Jaquita Wagner. She is, remember when Carol Danvers was a cool character? <laughs> <laughs> Pepper's Farm remembers. Uh, but no. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Any sh- time, some, some cookies too. <laughs> anytime I can take a shot at Carol Danvers today, I will. Amen. Uh, but no, Jaquita really is like what they wanted Carol Danvers to end up as. Except uh-huh. she doesn't have that that crazy kind of cosmic power, but she does have uh, extreme super strength uh, and also durability as well. So okay. she's uh, she's definitely the tank and the muscle on the team. And uh, she's kind of the one who's who's heading, who, or I, was, I would say spearheading the group. Uh, even though we see most of the book from Elijah's point of view, as far as us learning as he learns things. Sure. Uh, she's the one who kind of recruits uh, Elijah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so she's kind of like the most. And then the third guy we get is... Uh, the drummer. The drummer. Yeah. I yes. cheated. I looked on the I, back. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we get the drummer. And uh, the drummer, uh, he is... Uh, what's his power, Kevin. He drums. <laughs> he drums something. Heartbeats. He drums uh, drums. His power is technomancy. Uh, he has the power to. Okay. Uh, he has the power to uh, to basically uh, read electronics or, or draw information from the ether. Uh, so whereas we're always surrounded by whether it be radio waves or internet signals, he can read those and he can decipher those and. With that being said, uh, one of the really cool things about this book is Warren Ellis's not only his ability to craft the really cool characters, because once again, there's a lot of really cool and intricate side characters. Yeah. But his world building is fascinating. Like reading this, uh, because this came out, you know, before the, uh, the 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 2012 Avengers run. This originally was being printed in '98. Okay. Uh, but it's like, man. Reading this, I'm like, this is what Jonathan Hickman really wanted to do, but couldn't quite land it <laughs> as well as Warren is killing it here. Uh, because there's so much intricate world building that there's a lot of times where I have to be like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember reading something about this reference four issues ago. So let me go back. And, and like, it's, 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 not, it's not convoluted, but it is very complex and real thought out. 
like that. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a very smart book and it's very it does lean into a lot of sci-fi elements and once again it's it's not so much about finding the bad guy and beating them up but it's about figuring out these mysteries. Um, another cool thing with them being archae- essentially archaeologists who discover like these ancient fucking relics and try to keep them away from the world cause, so the world doesn't freak the fuck out. Okay. Is there's a lot of uh, globe trotting, so we get to go different places around the world and 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 see, uh, like a, a lot of things that were going on. Like one of the world bidding aspects, just really quick, was uh, there's uh this uh this island. It was called uh, I believe it's called Zero Island. Okay. And uh, Zero Island was called that because uh, it's it's off the coast of Japan, and uh, it got hit by a lot of radiation uh, when the bombs were dropped. And uh, thus, you know, essentially, you think killing everything there, but it actually mutated a lot of creatures there and made essentially giant fucking animalistic or dinosaur prehistoric type creatures. Wow. And uh, so we we get to see like the aftermath of that and what's and what it's like there. We get to see uh, like tests that were done on humans during the Red Scare. Uh, I mean, and, and how that turned out. Well, I mean, there's so That's many. Fucked up. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it really is, and uh, it's once again, it's a really smart book, and it's, it's. I can see why they recommend this as one of his best reads. A lot of people say this is Warren's best read. Okay. Yeah. So planetary, awesome read. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice man, nice, nice. And you say that was a. What was the name of the company again? West uh, something. Uh, Wildstorm. Wildstorm. Yeah. So. That's what I said. Wildstorm, not West something. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Ah, Wildstorm. Yes. You know, it is kind of funny. Just really quick, there, uh, there's a character in here uh, who Jakita, our our main female lead, Mm -hmm. is just enthralled with, and she's talking about him, and she's like, "Oh, you know, he's this great guy, uh, this this John Carter, and you know, he's he he lives in he lives in England, and uh, he." Uh, he practices in the occult, and he's a bit of rough around the edges. And you huh. know, we, we see a picture of him, and he, you know he's he's smoking a cigarette, wearing this trench coat. I'm like, now, wait a minute! Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> now wait a goddamn minute! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, and it's like you know, Warren, if if you had waited like a year, you probably could have legally used John Constantine. But <laughs> but at the time of writing, he probably didn't know that his hey, company was going to be bought out. Who's to know? John so, Constantine yeah. has many aliases, so, you know. You know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. But that is funny, though. Yeah. Oh, man, that's some good shit. Um, I got a few more I can talk about here. So, uh, another one of the webtoons I'm, uh, I'm really a big fan of, and this is one that actually I try to follow as much as possible. Really, the three from the webtoon app I have written down are the three that I highly recommend because mm-hmm. they're well worth your time if you dig a great story with a unique art form. Uh, Let's Play probably is some of my favorite storytelling on my list tonight. Mm. Uh, it's a video game uh, comic. Which, as you guys probably don't know yet, I'm a fat-ass, big-time gamer. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to be buying a new game. We'll listen about that on Patreon later. But this is a video game app. It's talking about this great story from the point of view of a young woman who's actually becoming a game developer. She's designing and creating and engineering these unique games that are from the heart, and she's so passionate about this. And this comic definitely takes some hard, hard big inspirations from manga and whatnot. Mm. But it's uh, you can tell that the artist herself 
is super familiar with the world because constantly as you read in this comic, there's references made and fun Easter egg bits with each game. Like there's one scene uh, just real quick that she's trying to hide from someone and all of a sudden like the HUD display from Skyrim comes up and it's like our main character's HUD display <laughs> and she's got like the closed eye. She's like not seen. Right. But then like her neighbor, this guy comes on and goes, hey, what's up? And all of a sudden the eye flashes open and she's like, oh no. <laughs> there's like even the compass above hand and things uh, like that. Um, she she named her dog Bowser. Uh, Bowser's yeah. favorite toy is his little princess doll. You know, it's mm. it's awesome. It's It's so... It's very intricate and very even adorable how many details that she puts in this comic artist with as many games as you can imagine. Like, there's a lot of references to a lot of other cool shit. Like, the games that she plays, the game that she plays with her friends, and all kinds of fun stuff, man. Um, lots of characters. And one of the things that really makes me enjoy this story is that technically it is a comedy. It is also a romance story. Mm. Now, I don't really give a fuck much about romance stories in general. Like, you're not going to win me by saying, well, it's a great romance story. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't really, uh, I'm, I'm good. You know, right, right. I'm, I'm okay. I don't like the Hallmark Channel. I'm good. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll read this one willingly because, mm-hmm. again, it's stupid funny. And two, it is well written. There's one creative thing this artist does that I don't see a lot of people doing where... She is open and very, very well-spoken about uh, a lot of issues that people genuinely have. So this isn't a happy, feel-good bullshit story. This is a story where sometimes it's hard to read because it talks about adult problems. Things are very relatable. It talks about anxiety. It talks about separation issues. It talks about uh, rage and the anger and where that comes from. It talks about uh, envy, jealousy. It talks about lust, all kinds of crazy things. Now, the way that she does it is that she personifies these emotions. And there are these unseen little ghosts. And they don't constantly exist in the story. You only see them as the character is feeling this certain way, you Mm -hmm. know? For instance, our main character, go figure, she's a great gaming engineer, and she's doing this and that. But, of course, one could guess that she has social anxiety. And so she's got, like, one person for, like, claustrophobia, one for, like, anxiety, and one for, like... uh, Ah, uh, she she's got a couple of them, but like the they're these faceless little things that have like what they are like tattooed across the face, and they have like they're just really creative. Like one of them is like a bravery, and he's a really big built like yeah uh, personified thing, and they're like either really big, bigger than the person, or they're just like the same size. Sometimes they're shriveled up and things like that. Uh, anxiety is like the most common one, and, and like that one's constantly shaking and things, and it's. Just really well told. And then as you go and go along the story, you meet new characters and you start to learn about the things they deal with, you know? Uh, One of the main characters, for instance, the the male protagonist, he actually has a lot of depression issues and he's not revealed them to anyone. But we see him on his private time dealing with this black and gray character that looms and comes out of nowhere and like hugs around him and it won't let Mm. go. Kind of like depression does, right. you know? And it's just really clever how she does this. The story writing circles these characters in their therapeutic and sometimes hilarious moments when they're trying to just go about life and do this and that. And the main character's still trying to make this game. And she's trying to really become a big-time game maker with a great company. And she's just trying hard at it. And there's always this obstacle and that obstacle. And it's 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 a great comic in general, you know. Hmm. Um, that's another one that I highly highly recommend, um, just on the storytelling aspect alone. 
you know, the arts mm-hmm. fun. There's a lot of cutesy moments. There's a lot of like fun flirtatious moments too, if you're into that. Right. But overall, let's play. Great comic. Let's play. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a dope one. It is. It is. And yeah. there's a lot of hidden messages too. What a lot of these webtoon artists will do is that they'll take a break from the main story and have like mm-hmm. this random ass, all right, let's do a question and answers episode where they literally take questions from their readers in the comment sections right. and make a whole comic based off like, oh, what is this character's blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay, well, let's do a gender switch. And she like draws out like which characters would look like what if like a guy was a girl instead right. or if the girl was a guy instead. Huh. It's, it's fun. But uh, in some of those, she reveals like, Oh, yeah, by the way, the hidden things I design my comic with, like if you look at the text for Let's Play, it's like the gamer font. Mm-hmm. It says Let's Play, and then under it are like the hearts from uh, Link of Zelda or, you know, Legend of Zelda. Wow, wow Link, of Zelda. Link of Zelda. Screw me. <laughs> I'm a gamer. But uh, like she revealed, and none of us caught on to this, or at least I didn't, mm-hmm. but the hearts are actually super important to the story, she said. Because oh. when you begin reading, they're there. You don't notice them. But then slowly they go away, and now they're slowly coming back. So it's like, oh, I never got onto that shit. What? So, <laughs> again, it's just really well told and very well thought out. Yeah. Um, that's another great one. Yeah, Especially awesome. if you're into games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, why wouldn't you be? Exactly. Come on. Come on. You're listening to us. Come on. <laughs> well, let's play. And that's another one on the Webtoon app. Yep. Oh, yeah. And again, all these are free, just like most of our episodes. Hey. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, my previous one and my next one, neither of which are free. So that is that is unfortunate. Yeah, no, most of yours are not free. Yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 no. Trust no. me. No. You have to pay for all of this. I mean, I'm looking <laughs> at the bookshelves, and I'm kind of imagining now. Like, I don't think you got any of these for free. I don't think. No, no, no. You, you technically did. Yeah, I gave you a couple of these. Like, that was a gift, Super Sons. Um, what? No, I bought Super Sons. What? No. Wait, which one did I give you? I... <laughs> no, I gave you Super Sons. No, I'm joking. Uh, one. Uh, you, you gave me a, a Absolute Sandman Volume 1. That's true. I gave you that one, which yes. is awesome. Um, and then I know there's one more I gave you. It's, it's a DC one. I don't see it up here. I'm trying to see it down here. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, you if, have if too many. Uh, <laughs> if it's a trade, it's probably on the other bookshelf. Mm. No. I don't think it's on here right now. Oh, well. Oh, uh, New 52. Yeah. Or, uh, I'm sorry, not New 52, but 52. The 52. Exactly, 52. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 52 Volume 1. Yep. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That's the one. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, the next one on my list is Hellboy. Hellboy! That was on my list, too, actually, so... Yeah. I mean, Uh, how can you not talk about Hellboy? That's a great one. Yes, absolutely great one. Hellboy made by uh, Mike Mignola, and it's published by Dark Horse Comics. Uh, So, with Hellboy, there's a few different directions you can take with it. You know, I think that probably the most famous or most well-known Hillboy story would be Seed of Destruction, and for good reason, this mm-hmm. is fantastic. Uh, the one that I'm talking about, however, is not Seed of Destruction. Uh, I'm talking about short stories. Uh, this okay, Hellboy book... kind of like an anthology. Yeah, kind of like an anthology series, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the Complete Short Stories Volume 1 that I'm discussing, and uh, this has been fantastic. So... I'm sure that most of you, or all of you probably know who Hellboy is. He's had three movies by now. Uh, but with Hellboy, 
he's one of those characters where he's uh, non-traditional in a lot of in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike McNola really did something different with the character here. Uh, but as far as uh, with the short stories, what's really interesting about this is even if you only have an arbitrary idea of who Hellboy is, uh, and if uh, if you didn't really ever read a lot of Hellboy, with the complete short stories, it doesn't matter. You can still just read this and enjoy it as is. Good. Uh, it's it's one of those reads, and it's fascinating to read. Uh, and also, like it gives you so much information and uh, and backstory, really, on the road that this is set in. And also, it, it, it you can, reading this because uh, this I've actually read this twice now. Okay. And uh, you know, reading through this, you get a lot of clarification as to what the uh, the latest movie was trying to do. I mean, it draws from probably three or four of the short stories in this book. I think there's uh, 15 sto- short stories in this book. So real quick, that's got to be kind of weird for a movie to do, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. let's let's make this one movie plot based off of these separate stories that we found from an anthology book. Yeah, and you know, well... I don't know, that that like, out of context... Oh, yeah. That sounds like a bad idea. You're going to have a bad time, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, but, uh, it, and I guess... I guess more fitting would be like, no, 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 that's no way around it. That's kind of what they do. Yeah. I mean, like, like when the, you're looking at a one way street, how else can I drive on this? <laughs> well, never mind. Guess yeah, I got this no. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, hell, if you guys even go back and listen to the Hellboy review, you know, I said something like, this is definitely a movie for like the hardcore Hellboy comic fans and not so much a movie for the fans of the oh, yeah. Ron Perlman flicks. Yeah. That's something we both agreed on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as this goes, though, like, uh, oh, I guess, by the way, the the, mo- uh, the latest movie, oddly enough, uh, its main storyline is drawn from Seed of Destruction. Hmm. Uh, and then they also include a lot of stories from here. Uh, but no, so that's kind of just a funny coincidence. But uh, this mo- this book has a lot of cool stories, but I think one of my favorites is the, the second story in it. The first one's called Pancakes, and it's about Hillboy <laughs> getting pancakes. Written that's a drawn- great way to start yeah, it. Yeah. Great way to start the day, too. Yeah. Written and drawn by Mike McNola. Quentin, I'm so sad now. I do not know the last time I had pancakes. Mm. Homies, when was the last time you had pancakes? We all need to fix that. Buy me pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the second story is called The Midnight Circus. It's uh, it's written by Mike McNola, but it's drawn uh, by Duncan uh, uh, Fred... Fred... Fred Fredrino? Yep, sure. Fredrino. (laughs) <laughs> uh, for Greedo, I think is how you okay. pronounce it. I'm name. not even looking at the name. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Duncan for Greedo, uh, and that the reason I, I point him out spe- specifically is because his artwork is absolutely amazing, and it perfectly fits the tone. So even though this is an, an anthology book, uh, all the stories in here kind of take place somewhat chronologically. So they're not exactly tied to one another. Like you have to read story one to understand story four, but it starts off with Hellboy as a young child, and then as stories go on, you see him grow up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and with the the circus story, it's just this really eerie, creepy story, and the artwork matches perfectly. And it's it's extremely haunting artwork, and it's it's great artwork. And, like, just looking at it, you're like, holy shit, like, this Hellboy's in some shit right now. He needs to get the fuck out <laughs> or whatever this is. Uh, but it's, it's an extremely haunting story, and I really fucking love it. Nice. Uh, and, and the artwork, once again, is just absolutely outstanding. Um, 
But there's a lot of really cool stories in here. Uh, for those of you who have seen the, the most recent Hellboy movie, since we spoke about that earlier, it starts off with him uh, in, a, uh, in a luchador match. And he's, he's wrestling uh, this, uh, this guy who turns out to be like a mutated vampire in the movie. Yeah. Uh, that's, once again, taken from the short stories. Uh, but there's way more lore and backstory put into the book, obviously, than the movie. Okay. Uh, which is why it makes a lot more sense here in the book than it did in the movie. Hmm. Uh, but you get to see how he spends a lot of time in Mexico, and there's a lot of stories that take place in Mexico with Hellboy. But in one case, uh, we get this really quick story about, uh, you know, there's these three luchadors, they're brothers, and uh, they're just three brothers. And <laughs> Three brothers <laughs> in a ring. And then uh, a devil man comes out. <laughs> and I think it was, uh, it's like spoiler alert, I think it's before like uh, one of their big matches, they go to a, uh, to a church, uh, I guess just to receive some blessings from a priest, and the priest had been murdered by uh, some kind of supernatural creature, and um, and the brothers were like they believed they were given like divine inspiration to go out and fight all these supernatural creatures, and that's what they started doing, and then that's when they ran into Hellboy, and Hellboy really hits it off with one of the brothers, and they become really close friends. Unfortunately, on one drunken tangent, uh, the brother got lured out into a trap, and he became a uh, a vampire essentially and mm. Hellboy finds him months later and he, they have to you know have this luchador match to the death essentially so uh, that's a little cooler that's yeah. that's definitely yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know it's you know like it's it's a cool wink and nod that the movie put that in in the movie but at the same time it's one mm. of those things where it's, it's such uh, a kind of a heart tugging and sad story but you don't really get all the details yeah Oh, boys, it's a sad story, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. makes sense. Um, but no, like, once again, I, I can't recommend this enough because I think it's a great entry to Hellboy because as far as comics goes, it's low stakes, meaning that you can go and pick this up, and once again, you don't have to have any prior reading knowledge of Hellboy to understand it. And, you know, it's one of those things also where, I mean, if for some odd reason you don't like it, you can just stop with volume one. It's not one of those things where you can... You have to pick up volume two to understand the complete story. Right. Uh, but no, great, great anthology series. Uh, I think it, I think it pairs well with Seed of Destruction and some other Hellboy stories. Hell yeah. Not bad, not bad then. Hell yeah. Um, I got a couple more of these web comics I'll probably talk about. I'll group a few of these together. Yeah. Um, this one, however, I'll still talk about separate like I did my previous ones. Um, it's the last one from the Webtoon app itself. This is one of the last ones I, I really enjoy following. Um, it's definitely one of my cooler parts of the day whenever I can, like... Because I do a lot of this stuff reading uh, at night, mm-hmm. especially right before I go to bed, because that's one of my habits. And um, this is one that I enjoy reading at night just before bed, because normally, if I read it, then either A, I'm just going to... Whatever, no normal. It's gonna be a normal night, so who cares? Because I sleep way too daggum well. <laughs> or B, I'm gonna have some weird ass dreams. Because this is a weird ass web comic. This one is a horror web comic, which mm. I really dig. Uh, this one in particular, I wouldn't call a horror itself, and that it is scary, and that it is attempting to scare you constantly. It is, however, based in a horror genre. It's called uh, Sweet Home, kind of mm. like from the old adage, "Home Sweet Home," you know. Mm-hmm. But it's about this young man, this uh, teenage boy who lost his family, he's living by himself, kind of living off of the heritage that they gave him. 
And sure enough, weird shit starts going on with his neighbors. Like, they start acting very odd, you know. And um, sure enough, he notices one of his neighbors goes missing and that there's nothing but, like, a blood trail leading back to their apartment. And he goes and, you know, he's kind of, like, knocking on the door cautiously, like, is, is everything okay? Sure enough, the neighbor has transformed into this gruesome, terrifyingly disturbing monster who is speaking the same way she used to, but she is devouring this other man. And then, like, he's trying to run away, and there's this other guy who, he's a pipsqueak, he's down at the end of the hall, and he, he's, he's acting funny too, and he's just talking about getting stronger and working out and doing this and that. And, you know, we kind of brush him off because he's just a background character, but eventually we come back too, and we see that he himself is, you know, growing into a monster, but he's like a, a eight-foot monster mm. rippling with muscles, and he's just constantly like, protein, beef, get bigger, get stronger, and he's like a big, raging, fucking dumb Hulk, mm. you know? Um, but it's really intricate in how the people are becoming the monsters. Yeah. And the story is definitely, you can tell, like, if you start reading this one, guys, and you keep reading into it, that there's uh, something that they're trying to say. But I, I won't give too much away, because obviously that's that's for the artist to say, not me. But without giving too much away again, it becomes a pit of survival, where mm. the remaining humans who are not transforming into monsters do what they can to outrun and survive the monsters. Because what they're slowly realizing is that it's not just their apartment complex, it is the whole city. And as far as they're concerned, other places outside the city too. They have no idea. But that's a lot of the thrill of the comic is that there's a lot of unknown. And so slowly we're introducing ourselves you know, to, the, to other characters that are trying to like, kind of think like you're walking dead. You know, these random strangers who are forced to bind together to endure an otherwise insufferable and kind of... Uh, hazardous experience so really cool really great the young man kind of goes through a lot of growth and growing and uh he he's you know the point of view that we follow a lot a lot more often than not um especially because he has so little experience compared mm. to the others but you know it's 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 a really good one man you yeah. know yeah um again it's one of the ones that kind of follows like the crease the creepypasta vibe right. that i'm really into you know mm. um always going to be a, a soft spot for me um and yeah that's that's another awesome webtoon. Again, I, I did a very poor job of researching these names as to who are the artists. They all deserve shout-outs. Right, but, right. again, all these can be found on the Webtoons app. Man, there, there really is something about horror comics that, uh, man, like good ones, I mean, they, they're, hard, they're hard to compete with. Yeah. Like, especially in the, like, the last six months, I've really kind of rediscovered my love for, you know, gothic horror comics. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say this: yeah. uh, the the benefit of reading some of these horror comics on the app is that they can be, uh, they can take a few steps to help it uh, become even more of an immersive experience. Mm. So as you're scrolling, reading down these pages, because again, the Webtoons app gives you like chapters of you know panels rather than one panel strip or mm -hmm. something like these others. But as you're reading and going down. Uh, one webtoon artist can actually say, okay, I wanted to program this comic of mine to have uh, flashing lights in the background. Mm. And all of a sudden, like, as you're scrolling, the lights will, like, flash oh. in the middle of your comic. And so it, like, really helps to pull you into the imagination of it all. Or, like, you can be scrolling along, and all of a sudden, music or a creepy, ah, 
will play in the yeah. background. And you're just like, oh, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Light will flash on, and there's like ugly Betty looking at you. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, got Betty. You know, uh, shout out to all the Bettys out there. But uh, again, this is not a sponsorship to mm-hmm. the app. I'm just kind of praising it because I enjoy it so much personally. Yeah. Um, and this is actually another one where it's like, oh man, that's really cool. I, I like having a little creepy stuff in my life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's dope. Yeah, oh yeah. Shout out to all the horror comics out there. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've been reading a lot of a lot of Vertigo, which is eighty percent of where Vertigo was. Mm. It's, it's horror. Uh, there's one more main one that I wanted to speak on. Then I just had like some honorable mentions. Yeah, same here. Uh, the last one on my list is none other than Mouse. Yeah, Mouse. Yeah. Uh, Mouse. Uh, this was written and drawn by Art Spiegelman. This book has uh, has earned more awards than I know to mention. Well, I already see on the cover that you have an edition that brags the winner of the Pulitzer Prize, so that's yes. pretty dope. <laughs> and, dude, I recognize his icon. Mm-hmm. Not just because of the Nazi symbol. No, no, no. I mean, like, the <laughs> cat head on mm-hmm. him. I recognize this entire thing. Like, I, you've all seen this if you've walked into a bookstore. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to hear about it from you, man. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and say this and give it one more just major. I'll give it two more major credentials. And then uh, I'll kind of tell you guys a little bit about it. So uh, I don't know if you do you remember the uh, the Wizard magazine, Kevin, that came out back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I it, think it was Wizard like a ran comic from, magazine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think it ran from like uh, ninety to like 2010, 2011, So like a solid twenty year run. Uh, but yeah, Wizard the magazine talked all about comic books and and video games and essentially like if and also movies. Essentially, if the internet wasn't so prevalent. Wizard magazine would still be a thing, yeah. But uh, Wizard they released a uh, an an, uh, an article about their top one hundred graphic novels, and Mouse was number one, uh, which is really telling. Um, another really telling thing for this book as well is, uh, for the season, the comic book season of nineteen eighty six through eighty seven, uh, Mouse was included as uh, one of the big three. Now, for those who don't know what that is, uh, the big three for that time period was Mouse, Watchmen, and The Dark Knight Returns. So, Mouse is mentioned in the same breath as Watchmen and The Dark Knight Returns. That's a really big-ass compliment, dude. Those are titans of names. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I just took a second to read, like, the first one. It kind of has, like, that released weekly episodic feel to it. This was a dark fucking one, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... Also, I can tell that this was a translated work, wasn't it? Like, this was originally told in a different language, I bet. It was not. You don't think so? No? no. Okay. Yeah, our, I, our Spiegelman, uh, he, he originally did it in, uh, in, in English. Okay. Yeah. I was just kind of wondering, because some of the English wordplay here kind of, like, tonally sounds different when you read it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. and, uh, and, and there's a reason kinda for all that. characteristic of that, but okay. That's all cool. Right. Uh, so what what Mouse is all about is um, it's actually the story of Art Spiegelman interviewing his father, but it's also more than that because you get a lot of their relationship as well. So you become intrigued with both the story that Art's father is telling and you also become invested in his relationship with his father as well. Interesting. So Art... No, please, no. please. 
so this uh, this story is uh, is taken under the pretense that um, Jewish people are mice, uh, Germans were cats, and Polish people okay. were uh, were pigs. That's why actually I was about to ask you uh, because it's obviously a big anchor in the history, uh, especially European history there regarding uh, the 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 mid to late fifties and maybe even some early sixties there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of 40 stuff in here. A lot of forties too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what this story is all about is, is as Art Spiegelman as a mouse, he is, uh, visiting his, uh, his, his aging father. Um, and you quickly, you quickly learn some things about the, about the, the family, such as, you know, where's the mother, uh, you you learn also that Art, who has written himself into the book, uh, is is interviewing his father, just wanting to write a new comic, a new comic series, but he wants it to be about his father and about his father's experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, his father essentially uh, survived uh, living in various parts of Europe and various concentration camps and ghettos. Uh, throughout the period of Hitler's reign. And it is extremely, extremely specific in detail. Okay. Uh, it is it's very gripping and, and it's very telling. One thing about this book also is that we all, you know, I'm, I'm speaking in general here, but I think we all have, you know, some arbitrary knowledge of what Hitler's reign was, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing that it certainly wasn't fucking good and that he was an evil man and that he just the worst. Right. Uh, but this really goes into detail about like the start of it. And it's all from, uh, from the author's dad's perspective. Okay. So we get, we get information as to like what his life was like before shit hit the fan when they saw signs of things beginning to hit the fans to it being too late to it being no shit is even worse than what we thought. Mm. And it's only going to get worse. Uh, it's a fucking sad story. I mean, this sounds no, like yeah, it. There's no way around it. I mean, the first one was already out the gate tone setting, you know, yeah. it was heavy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then that's kind of like a, almost like a one-off, but, the rest of the book is is one kind of continual story, mm-hmm. following uh, Art's dad, yeah, yeah, uh, Vladik, uh, you know, th- throughout the entire events of, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, of that time period. Okay, uh, but you know, we get to see how you know he, uh, you know, he was part of he joined the army and, God, I mean, even with that, you get to see how like uh, with Art's grandfather, mm-hmm. for example, um, didn't want any of his children to join the army. And this is before, you know, uh, Hitler's Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is before that, but his father didn't want his, uh, his sons to, to join the army because he heard about, uh, he knew what the military was doing, how it was way fucking different back then and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like one thing that, that they would do was that, uh, like he and his brother, his father would purposely underfeed them so that when the recruiters came by, oh, they would be yeah. too sickly. Uh, but with uh, with Arch Dad, our main character for the story, mm-hmm. like uh, that worked the first year, but then the second year, 
They were uh, desperate for people. They were yeah. desperate for people. And also he was like, dad, I, I can't do this anymore. Cause I mean, his dad was just starving them to death essentially. Mm-hmm. And his dad was like, this is better than what's going to happen to you if you join the military. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like you see him become a prisoner of war and that's at the beginning. You know, that's, that, that's when he's still a relatively young man. You see how you see him fall in love. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you read about that and you see how he, you know, he, he becomes, he goes from being like a, this upstanding up and coming businessman who has his own uh, textile factory to uh, what he was since become just hell. Uh, and so like, this is, you know, one of the stories that I, I think it, it wouldn't just be entertaining, but also informationally beneficial for everyone to read. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great read. And it's once again, it's one of those stories where you're going to have a hard time putting it down, but also at the same time, if you're a reader like me, uh, and, and you read a lot of comic books, yeah. uh, I become extremely immersed in the things that I read. Uh, and so like, you know, I also read a lot of stuff later, like uh, late at night too. So, mm-hmm. you know, I often joke about, you know, if I'm reading like Hellblazer, if I'm reading you know, fucking Swamp Thing or Sandman, like just some, something, you know, more darker or, or eerie at night. Yeah. Uh, you know, it it kind of, you know, sets the tone or whatever. And it, it, it is, uh, enhances my reading. Yeah. Um, but also I've become really, I'm a really, really immersive reader. Uh, so I, I kind of forget where I'm at and I just live in the comic. But whenever shit gets too dark, I can just, you know, kind of take a few blinks and I take a step back and I'm like, okay, well, you know, thankfully that was just, uh, just a comic. Uh, but with this, it's harder to do that because you can't escape the fact that, well, despite the fact that this is drawn in the terms of mice and cats, this is very much real. Hmm. Uh, this is very much a true story. And uh, it's, uh, it's a great true story, though. And it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, you see hope and you know that at the end of the day, shit for our main character gets better. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, That's awesome, no, dude. I, yeah. I love deep dives into history like that, especially ones I can kind of explore them in such an allegorical sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, once again, I also spoke about how, like, it's, it's also a story about a father and a son. And I think that when art was originally interviewing his dad that he didn't intend for that to be so but as it went on it also became that as well that's really cool yeah that's ad- that's admirable dude yeah mm-hmm. yeah I might have to steal that one from you oh yeah mm-hmm. hell yeah dude um well like you said I got a few honorable mentions I didn't purposely do this uh, but there's a few that I do want to talk about webtoons wise mm-hmm. and then definitely a couple of actual physical book books I, w- mm-hmm. I need to drop in this bad boy too um I'll just mention it for you real quick. Webtoons. Uh, this all comes from another app called Comic Chameleon. This one is especially free. Um, questionable content. That's a great story. Uh, it's been going for a long time. It kind of turned into a slice of life, but I always catch myself reading its updates. You know? right. um, it, it really followed this really, really cool story of the small town, and I don't even know where the town's from, but it eventually did turn to this cool... A uh, semi-fictionalized uh, slice of life story, and it's like you know this isn't too bad to read. I'm digging mm. this, you know. Um, Dubbing of age is kind of a fun one. That's kind of talking about like college years, you know. Mm. Yeah, and it's talking about the experiences that these group of college students all go through, being so varied in their experiences, varied in their problems, and of course, in how they attempt to solve those problems with themselves and with each other. And then uh, Oscar Wilde 
that's the name of a comic, believe it or not. That's a really cool one, kind of talking about the fantasy realm, but from this dude who does not belong in the fantasy realm at all. You know, he's just living a life in a house that he bought, hmm. and things <laughs> get kind of weird, you know? Oh. First with a ghost, eventually he, like, discovers a... Someone in town who's like a human that can transform into a wolf or something, you know. But yeah. it's like back and forth, controlled or what? It's not like a werewolf. Like, oh, I'm forcibly now fucking wolf style. Ah. <laughs> fucking wolf style. I'm wolf Quote style. Me. Yeah. So it's not like the more perverse version of doggy style. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's overly aggressive. Uh, no, no, but um. And then it just, it's just really cool. Like, it talks about sirens. It talks about, like, creatures from the woods. It talks about, like, it's just really interesting, yeah. you know. It, it's told very well. That one is an especially slow burn, and I'm fucking pissed about it because it's like, oh, this is really told really well, but part of the attraction to this is also how slow it burns. And you're just like, yep, mm. yep, yep. Because this is a nap where you only get one page at a time, oh, not one whole yeah. chapter. Yeah. So it's like, well, fuck me. I guess I'll wait. Uh, we we talked a little bit about what's happening, but okay. Oh. So with some of these apps, you know, you learn to sit there and like let it build up, miss it purposely for a couple of weeks, and then like mm-hmm. watch them in one or read them in one spurt. But yeah, huh. um, so that's that's again questionable content, dumbing of age, Oscar Wilde, all from the app, comic chameleon. Now to talk about the actual physical books because I did throw some up there. Uh, one dark horse one that I definitely had to follow, which is more of an anthology of this already. Very popular, awesome fiction character, a.k.a. The Witcher. That is right, folks. Dark Horse has a Witcher comic book series, and it is great. It introduces more content into the Witcher realm that was not in the games. You heard daggum here, folks. (laughs) It's great. I actually uh, was really fascinated by some of the creative content that they were able to put in there. And it just really follows the story of Geralt and, you know, those around him and what people tend to do when Geralt's in the situation you know it's it's just really clever again it's kind of like what we talked about where it's like each separate chapter is like another happenstance of Geralt and what he chooses to do in those moments because that's so much of what Geralt's mystery allures to it's like him being a cool dude in a random situation and how he reacts to that situation and how we know about him already thanks to the game. That really mm-hmm. helps out a lot. But Hard. again, a lot of this explores new content and new threats and new monsters and new places even that were not part of the game. You know, kind of like what the books do. But um, yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, another honorable mention, uh, Rick and Morty, Dark Horse. Mm, that's, yeah. that's fun. That's pretty great. Speaks for itself, you know. Umbrella Academy. That is a weird-ass read, and I, I dig it. It is a great comic book vibe when you obviously are in the mood to read a comic book story, but you want something different that you've never read before. Mm-hmm. Literally. No superhero bullshit, no no this, no that, no nothing, nothing even that difficult. It's just really out there. You learn very quickly, even reading the first chapter of book one, that... This is not your average story. Yeah. They go balls to the walls, creative, and just whimsically random with it. Like, oh, we're doing something under the statue of the, the, the you know, of the Paris. Uh, oh, Eiffel Tower. Eiffel yeah. Tower, yeah. yes, because I know French things. I don't. <laughs> and then under the Eiffel Tower, there's like this crazy dead guy who's trying to right. take over the world. And 
it's just really random, but it's told in a very cool way, and it's obviously told in a very strongly written way, too. Otherwise, I wouldn't be recommending it here, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have continued on, not past book one, but now books two and three. Right. And I think others, I'm not sure. I think they ended it with book three. Right? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I believe that. I mean, because it's a good story. You don't yeah. need to drag that on, you know, mm-hmm. walking dead. But, um, <laughs> yes, that was a shot fired. But uh, at, at, at the show, not not the comics. No, both, both the both the comic dude is going crazy long right now. I no, the, I stopped following the comics. The comic finished a while ago. This, I mean, they're still printing, you know. Yeah, but not not anything new. Okay, yeah. uh, maybe they finished the main story and oh, they're just yeah. making new stuff for whatever. Hopefully, that's the case because if that is, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I read the comics for a while and it's like, oh, this is really cool. This is cool, and now it's like. Oh my gosh, it's daunting. What the fuck do we gotta keep talking about? <laughs> Zombies, bitches. <laughs> it's a pretty open shut case. Uh, but anyways, yeah, yeah. so there's that. But yeah, man, those are some of my shout outs oh, right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, I have to shout out uh the boys. Oh, uh, that's this great was uh yeah. published by Dynamite Comics. Uh of course made by Garth Enos, uh a man who I have a, a very interesting relationship with as far as like his reading material goes. Mm. It's almost like the more freedom he gets, you, you can't give Garth too much chain. You know, you can't give him too much. You know, like, yeah, pull back on him on that walk out. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like I, I think that like one of the best things he's ever written was his run on Hellblazer. Uh, I thought that was fantastic. This is also one of the first thing, if not the first major publication that he's written for. Okay. Was Hellblazer uh, for Vertigo. Uh, and he was super young, and it's really impressive that at such a young age he was able to do something like that. And then, you know, once he, he got a little bit more freedom because he did so well with Hellblazer, mm-hmm. uh, that we got Preacher. And now, mm-hmm. I actually haven't read a lot of Preacher, but apparently Preacher's even better than Hellblazer. And I'm going to have to see that for myself. Uh, whenever we do a volume two, you guys okay. will probably hear that on the list. It, it's uh, probably in your Amazon uh, shopping list already. We don't need to talk about that. It's probably there. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, as, as he goes on, it's like, well, you know, he also did uh, had a run with Punisher, Punisher Max. Yeah. And, and then it was like. That was good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this is good, but we're getting. We're getting to that point now, Garth. Like, like <laughs> shit is... Uh, it's getting graphic, buddy. Yeah. It's getting big. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's with Punisher where, like, I started to realize, man, like, the, the more it goes on, it's like Punisher finds said criminal or criminal finds Punisher. Uh, Punisher finds a way to brutally and creatively kill them and everybody okay. around them. Okay. And then Punisher moves on. Yep. And like by the time I got to volume three, I was like, I'm a really, I have a really dark sense of humor. And I like, you know, macabre stuff from time to time, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I like graphic material too. Okay. But even I have my limits and Garth, you are, <laughs> you are hitting that fucking limit. Yeah. And then of course with boys, you know, being under dynamite, uh, dynamite public publication yeah. had even more freedom and, I'm not saying that Garth does things sometimes for shock value, but God damn it, sometimes Garth, you do things for shock value. Ah, and uh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not to say anything bad about Garth's writing. It's, it's just the fact that he loves taking advantage of his of his creative freedom, and you get that a lot with the boys. It's okay. a really really fun read, guys. Uh, so you can go ahead and read that to gear up for season two coming out later this year. Yeah, the boys. Yeah. 
Uh, and with that, there are also a couple of, uh, of books that I want to read uh, that I haven't read uh, any. One I already mentioned was Preacher, but of course that's that's Vertigo, so right. DC offshoot. Uh, I do want to read Saga. I keep hearing about uh, Brian K. Vaughn's Saga. Okay. Uh, that is published by Image, I believe. and um, mm. Another one we haven't talked too much about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from everything I'm, I'm, I, I see, I either see one or two things. Either this is fantastic, one of the greatest modern reads, or I see this book is good but overrated. And that has me huh. even more intrigued. I liked the mixed reviews, mm-hmm. but I think they know that now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> damn it. I don't know if I can ignore that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you know, fuck it. It's part oh, of- funny joke. Mm-hmm. We have to make fun of this shit. I know it's unorthodox. It's right in the middle of our content, but we got we got to poke the wound. We we got to put some salt in that bitch. Kind of like the mixed fucking reviews we get of like big time companies saying, "Oh, Last of Us Two is great. Oh. Look at this game. It's the best thing ever." Mm-hmm. But then like all the people playing, you're like, yeah. "The fuck is this shit? Yeah. What did you give me?" Oh, and see now you just open Pandora's fucking box. That's different though. That's like all the fans are universally yeah, like, "No, no, no, this is shit." Whereas corporations are trying to tell me, "No, this is great. This is we great. promise. Yeah, Buy is- it." But then. And, you're, and what you're talking about is a whole new ball game where it's like right. fans, fans are saying are like, mixed yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, gosh, yeah. Fucking Last of Us, man. That fucking Last of Us, dude. Amen to the first one. Hallelujah and praises. One. Yes. But that's to the first one, mm-hmm. not the second. I'll say this and then I'll move on from Last of Us. The most disappointing thing about Last of Us 2 mm. is that Neil Druckmann is actually very fucking talented and somehow he put out that kind of garbage. <laughs> I think ultimately that's the most disappointing thing. That's a very creative complisult. You just uh, you just said complisult. Yep. Complisult. Yes. Complisult. Uh, but yeah, no saga is what I want to read. Uh, another one I keep yeah. hearing good things about is uh, God Country. I believe Jeff Lemire. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, I believe uh, Jeff Lemire uh, Lemire is uh, the writer for that one. Okay. Um, I, I've been interested interested in checking that one out too. Uh, so there there's uh, some homework I have to do, guys, uh, for some of these. Uh, non Marvel DC conglomerates. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And like I said, probably sometime down the line, we'll do uh, a part two to this one because I would like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just because I know I need a break from the superhero genre sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes oh, yeah, it's fun to read about it. Oh, uh, uh, there's one I forgot that I also wanted to include on my need to read list uh, Invincibles. There uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Which is. Uh, <laughs> Because, you know, it's funny because you said, like, I need to break from Right, the, that's what I was stuff. laughing at. It was like, yeah, my, my comment yeah. brought that back. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Invincibles, uh, which is very much a superhero comic. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's made by Robert Kirkland, the same guy who made uh, Walking Dead. Yep. And um, that's one that also just a, a lot of people that I trust say a lot of really good things about. So I'm interested okay. to dive into that one and to see. I've heard good things about that is. one, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't heard much about Oblivion song. That's his newest work. Mm. Yeah. I've never heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> Oblivion's a cool word, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, all right, you got anything else before we wrap up for today? Homies, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you guys for digging in. If you go back and listen and or read and find whatever, any of these comics, hopefully you enjoy them as much as we do. You know, obviously, you know, we recommended all of the titles we spoke about tonight. Uh, except Last of Us 2. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got, brother. How about you? Cool, cool. I think... Uh, <laughs> Throw that salt. Uh, <clears throat> a little bit of salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. Shots fired. Punches thrown. Shots, <laughs> shots fired all the way.
Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think that's I think that's all I have for now. Cool. Uh, but yeah, guys, this has been a, a lot of fun. Uh, like Kevin said earlier, he is getting a, a, a new game, and yeah. that new game is not Last of Us Two. It is not. Uh, no. <laughs> And the dork I am is quite excited. Yes. You guys will find out about that on the Patreon coming soon. Absolutely. Indeed, indeed. Hit us up. Uh, Patreon is there ready for you. And you will see the surprise dun, 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 of what game I'm going to be getting. And, uh, oh, yes. I'm serious. Absolutely. Uh, so if you guys want to, if you guys like our content and you want to hear our take on uh, stuff that is not superhero related. So if you like uh, non-superhero nerd movies, then you can go to patreon.com backslash superhero homies. You can get all of those for just a dollar a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, for all of our content, including our uh, non-superhero video games, movies, television, etc., for just $3 a month at patreon.com, you guys can get all that content. And all of that uh, goes directly to us, and which we put back into the podcast, and it really helps us out. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all we have for now, though. Uh, so... Until next time, my name is Superhero Homie Q. And I am Superhero Homie Kevin.